0: it's the opioid crisis, that that still exists. And the massive elephant in the room down here is that there's a lack of residential treatment programs. Hey
1: everybody, this is Jimmy. Welcome to another episode of the Jimmy Tingle Show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, We have been turning these shows out since January, and one of the most uh, rewarding aspects of doing these shows is we have the Meet the Candidates series. And from time to time, we've had candidates on talking about why they're running for office and what they hope to accomplish and who they are and where people can learn more about them. I think it's good for democracy, and I think it's good for the state of Massachusetts. So without further ado, let's introduce our candidate today. His name is Rob Galabois and he is running for District Attorney of the Cape and Islands. Ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. Please welcome to the show, The Jimmy Tingle Show, the one and the only Mr. Rob
0: Gallaboys. Hello, Rob. How are you? Jimmy, I'm great. Thank you very much. I have to say in my 52 years, I think that was my first and only drum roll. So thank you very much. Good. <laughs> we have a drum
1: corps backstage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice, nice. You can't
1: hear them on the podcast, but they're back there. So anyway, Rob, just tell the listeners a little bit about where you're from,
0: what have you been doing, your professional background, etc. Sure. Thank you. Um, so, Jimmy, I live down in Barnstable with my, with my wife, Nikki. Uh, we are recent empty nesters. We have two sons, and our older son is now a junior up at Boston College, and our younger son uh, just started his freshman year down in Duke University. Um, we've lived on the Cape uh, about 20 years in total between Bourne and Barnstable, and I've been a practicing lawyer for about 27 years, both as a prosecutor and a defense attorney.
1: Excellent, and so on the Cape, you're in the trenches for 20 yes. years on the Cape uh, in, with legal work. Was that obviously the motivating factor
0: for you to run for a district attorney? It, it definitely was contributing, Jimmy. I used to be a prosecutor, like I mentioned. I love the, the job, um, and I want to always be able to give back to our community as any way I can. I've served previously on different boards, like your planning board, finance committee type of stuff. But I wanted to use my professional skills now to try to give back to my community. Mm-hmm. Have you ever run for office before? Oh, way back when, Jimmy, I did a well. I ran for planning board, but admittedly, I was on so that wasn't a really big victory there. <laughs> but still uh, still I'm counts. still going to count it. Uh, <laughs> but I also I ran for selectman back in 2001. Little factoid: the town of Bourne where we were living, was the last town in the entire state to go from full-time board of selectmen to part-time board. Um, and I ran in 2001 when they made that transition and I just missed it. Okay, so were you full-time or part-time? I was running, um, I was part-time. When they went from full-time to part-time, okay. they opened the number of seats and I ran for that position. Oh, cool, cool. And how was that experience? Um, eye-opening. <laughs> running I- for a local office, I, it was definitely an eye-opening experience.
1: But you, there's something that must have been very
0: appealing for you to pursue this level now. Oh, no question. I, I Full candor, I love campaigning. Being mm-hmm. able to sit down with someone in their kitchen or at a coffee shop to talk about the issues, Jimmy, there's nothing better than that. That's nice. the absolute best. So that's why I'm doing it now, obviously, on a bigger scale, uh, running for the Cape and Islands DA's office, and I, I'm truly loving it. Great. So what motivated you to run for that particular seat? So to give some context to my answer, we have to do a little bit of a history lesson, okay? The uh, Cape and Islands DA's office, Jimmy, was born essentially out of the Chappaquiddick incident that occurred back in July 1969, yes. So back then, Jimmy, uh, the Cape and Islands DA's office was part of the South Coast region where your New Bedford, Fall River, Attleboro area is. And Chappaquiddick occurred in July of 1969. The district attorney back then was a guy by the name of Denise. Uh, He was down in New Bedford. And as you might imagine, that type of case, the DA was getting hit pretty hard from both sides. Some saying you're treating it too harshly. The other saying you're treating it too lightly. So a gentleman from Mashpee, Massachusetts named Phil Rollins saw an opportunity. Uh, Denise was a Democrat. Rollins was a Republican. So uh, Rollins threw his hat in the ring the very next year to run for DA against Denise, and he won. And the very first thing he did, Jimmy was uh, he got with the state legislators to carve out the Cape and the Islands as its own DA's office. He was successful in those efforts. 1974, the next election cycle, the DA's office was on the ballot. Rollins won. And Jimmy, he carried that seat from 74 all the way through 2002. Wow. And then, yes. And then in 2002, his longtime assistant, Michael O'Keefe, picked up the office briefcase and carried it from 2002 all the way to today. Essentially, you look at 48 years of the same administration, same Republican administration. 48 years for the Cape and Islands. 48 years, there's never been a Democrat in this particular seat. So as I've been going around saying, hey, I'm thinking about running for DA now, you learn about a tremendous disconnect that's Mm -hmm. occurred over 48 years. They've settled in, so to speak, and and a level of complacency has developed. So I've talked about, hey, we need to reengage, and the, we have to get to know our DA's office and reconnect with them. So I came up with some ideas. As a DA, Jimmy, I came up with three specifics. I'm going to hire a community engagement officer whose full-time job is going to be in our community every single day to stay in touch with the people that we serve. We also talk about formulating a community coalition. I gave it a cute name. It's going to be the DA and us. And there's going to be a nice. chapter. DA and <laughs> us. And uh, there'll be a chapter in every town and the coalitions will be made up of local elected officials like select board, school committee, and police, and regular citizens. And it's just another way to remain connected. The third way, Jimmy, is definitely the most popular. People love this. 65 employees in the DA's office. Every single one, including yours truly, is going to commit to four hours of community service. Nice. So you guys are going to be busy. <laughs> we are. We should be busy. We're serving the public. That's what we should be busy. Right.
1: So four hours of community service a week per per, per month per month per, month. per month. Okay, yes. great. So that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of extra manpower, woman power.
0: It is, and we are staying connected to the people that we stand up in court for, so we get to know them, and they get to know us.
1: Excellent. So tell me, what are some of the issues that are front and center? First of all, what does the DA do? Because a lot of people we hear these terms all the time. Right. We hear auditor, secretary of state, DA, AG.
0: But not everybody knows exactly what the role is. So what does the district attorney do? So the district attorney is the one, is the lawyer that stands up in the, common, in the courtroom to represent the Commonwealth. And essentially, a snapshot is when the police charge someone with a crime, the case is then handed off to the DA's office to prosecute that particular case. That's the essential role. There are some occasions when the DA themselves might lead an investigation, like a grand jury investigation, to present a case in Superior Court. That's, that's the basic role of it.
1: Okay, so somebody gets arrested for whatever, drunk driving or
0: whatever the crime is, you wouldn't be handling on that micro granule level, would you? No, um, the position I'm running for is the elected office. So I would have assistants that would carry out those responsibilities. Okay, and then you prosecute on behalf of the state. Yes, yes, that's a fair assessment.
1: And so then the defendant has to get their own attorney, either appointed by the state or they have a private attorney, correct? Correct. Okay, And does the, in these types of situations, does the D.A. office ever see the point of view of the other person and, you know, kind of say, "You know what, We really don't think there's a case here, or do they have to prosecute with the intensity of 100 uh, percent
0: prosecution?" No, sir. They, the district attorney has full discretion. We've always talked about how the district attorney is the biggest impact player in the criminal justice system, and I've been saying that the D.A. represents the conscience of the community. I'm the only one in the race, Jimmy, that's done both sides. I was a prosecutor and I was a defense attorney. So to your point, I think there's an intrinsic value having that type of background. You can analyze a case to see the legalities, whether it's there, it's not there, but also matching it up against fundamental fairness. What's just in this particular case? And I'm not coming at it just from the angle of being a prosecutor. So you could theoretically take the side of the defendant if you felt that they were unjustly
1: accused or something.
0: If there's something like that, but you also look for a fair and just outcome. The the evidence could be there and the person could certainly deserve a certain level of punishment, but you've gotta be fair and just.
1: So what are some of the uh, challenges right now for the next uh,
0: district attorney for the Cape and Islands? There's a few and the main one, Jimmy, it's kind of like in every community, it's the opioid crisis. That, that still exists. And the massive elephant in the room down here is that there's a lack of residential treatment programs from your Mid-Cape down to your Outer Cape area and on each island. So when I go around and take certain meetings, we talk about trying to put a focus group together where you have your private investors, you've got the professionals in the field and local elected officials to try to figure out, hey, how can we develop some residential treatment programs? Jimmy, this is not a role usually for the DA, it's not a traditional role, but it hasn't been a traditional time for a long time regarding the opioid crisis. So you want to immerse yourself more in that particular issue? Yeah, it, it's needed. It, it's yep. still desperately needed. Um, another thing, and this is what I offer is the benefit, having been in private practice and practicing beyond the Cape and the Islands. Most of my, or a lot of my practice goes throughout all the Commonwealth of Mass. Throughout Massachusetts, Jimmy, in virtually every county across Massachusetts, we have specialty district court sessions. And I'm speaking specifically about a mental health session and a veteran session. We don't have either of those on the Cape and the Islands. And I think it was just last week. It was one of those moments where I literally stopped when I heard it, walking by the television and a poll was uh, produced by CNN where it said 90% of Americans agree. First of all, 90% of Americans agreeing on anything is a thing. (laughs) But 90% of Americans believe we're in a mental health crisis right now. So it, it's quite prevalent, obviously. So I've been trying to push in this campaign about how my administration, we will look to launch a mental health session. Similarly, a veteran session. Veterans bring their own uniqueness when they get ensnared in, in the criminal justice system. And a veteran session, you get to pull in volunteering veterans from your community to try to help that struggling veteran. These are critical specialty sessions and I'm looking forward to try to get them off the ground on the Cape and Islands.
1: Great. What about the homeless issue? It seems to have ballooned everywhere from what I can tell. I was down in Hyannis recently and
0: people Mm -hmm. were saying the homeless situation in Hyannis has really uh, accelerated. I completely agree with your observations that that population has grown. Unfortunately, the services uh, have not grown with that particular population. And yes, the underlying current there often deals with mental health concerns uh, and substance abuse concerns. Uh, and therefore adds the value to trying to get these mental health courtrooms running because every once in a while, as you might imagine, the homeless population gets into some trouble and brought before the justice system.
1: Right, it's not that they're particularly dangerous and I don't want to mean to stigmatize it, but when people see it, and I think the average person says, how are we treating this? How are we treating this in, in uh, in our cities and towns? Right. The other thing I wanted to ask you, do you know of any programs where there's a restitution component, especially young young offenders? Yes. They do something, they let's just say someone steals a car or something and cracks it up and they've done X twenty five hundred dollars worth of damage or whatever they've done. In lieu of prosecution, in lieu of jail, is there a system in place where you pay twenty five
0: hundred dollars back? Does yep. anything like that exist, or what do you think of that? There is, um, and again, going back to how a district attorney enjoys full discretion, so to speak. There's yeah. something known as diversion programs, right. and if the DA's office, Jimmy, you know mean, gets that layer of comfort, into you know, knowing that this particular conduct was an aberration, this isn't really who this person is, and you can work with your victims in the case, and if the victims, of course, are are, are on board with a with it. Um, You can work something out so the case is diverted from prosecution, therefore sparing that particular defendant of a a record and yet making the victim whole by a restitution payment. Is that a fairly new development, the diversion program? It's been around for a while in the juvenile system. It matured to the adult system a few years back, not too long ago. But I have to acknowledge this. I try to be a person of logic. And in the adult diversion system, Jimmy, a lot of DA's offices cap it at the age of 21, which I don't understand that. You could be somewhere in your mid to late 20s, 30s, 40s, or even 50s, and make that first mistake. And if you know the DA's office feels, okay, this really is an aberration, we're not going to see you again, why should your age be determinative of whether or not you qualify for diversion? So in my office, I've said, I'm not going to cap it at age 21. Okay. So tell me what other issues are front and center, and then tell us where people can learn more about your campaign. So um, going back to the opioid crisis on the other side of it, if you will, those that are in the business of profiting from trafficking in heroin and and, uh, fentanyl, of course, uh, I'm looking to utilize certain tools, prosecutorial tools, that you'll find in other DA's offices across the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but not down here in the Cape. And there's a particular statute, Jimmy, it's referred to as the dangerous statute, dangerousness statute, that a DA in those types of cases can try to hold someone without bail from the very outset. So they're not allowed to post a high bail because they keep a cash reserve and then just go right back into the business of pushing the poison back to the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's near and dear to my heart to try to uh, tramp down, so to speak, on these uh, trafficking uh, dealers in heroin and fentanyl. And I appreciate the opportunity of uh allowing me to uh greet your audience with how to get in touch with me and check out my platform issues we have a website if i could be allowed to to put it out there sure um, it's gallaboys4da.com and the 4 is for so gallaboys4da.com
1: gallaboys4da.com well let me ask you uh if we got a little time left just okay. a couple other things um so you got the diversion program i know that you're looking at an innovative approach to this as yep. the first Democrat possibly elected well, in the one. district in 48 years, what kind of an effect do you think that's had on the Cape and Islands of just having one party in office for 48
0: years in the I, same district? It's, it, it, I go back to complacency. They've just been so comfortable in their position for so long. You really do have that breakdown in the relationship between the office and the people that it serves. Of, the overwhelming majority have no idea what the DA does. And I'm actually reminded back, Tommy Menino, after two or three terms, you would hear that just about every resident in Boston had that personal story where they had met Tommy Menino. And that's how it should be. I mean, the Cape and Islands population is about a third of the city of Boston. So the people out here in the Cape and Islands should know who their DA is. So that's what I'm talking about. And the
1: district stretches from uh, Provincetown in the south, up to Bourne, and then over to uh, Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket in the, in the islands. Well, Rob, it's been great to have you on today. And again, if people want to find out more about you or your campaign or volunteer or contribute, where do they go? Gallaboys4da.com. 4 dacom Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Continue success. Best of luck on election day. And uh, And if you are so fortunate to be elected, we're wishing you the best for the people of the Cape and the islands and the general population at large because the Tingle Show stretches the four corners of the globe. So you never know who you will positively
0: (laughs) affect. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too.
1: Thank you for joining us today. This has been a Humor for Humanity production. Our mission is your mission. Humor for Humanity at jimmytingle.com Thank you.